0: Deadline calls Ezra a touching testament to the power of love. In theaters, May 31st. We all know how important it is to get a good night's sleep. I know that if I don't sleep for eight hours a night, I am not as sharp. From memory foam mattresses that hug in all the right places to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support at every price point. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses, plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash chelsea for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. L-E-E-S-A dot com forward slash chelsea.
1: Looking for hair removal tools that not only deliver smooth results, but also empower you with a sense of complete control?
0: Hi, Chelsea here. I think we all know that hair loss has the power to kind of shatter your confidence. Not kind of, it really shatters your confidence. And that's where Zion Health comes in. Founded by top doctors in hair restoration, Zion offers both medicated and non-medicated treatments for men and women with thinning hair. Guys, unless you do something or talk to someone, your hair loss will only get worse. I'm not kidding, unfortunately. So get your confidence back on track and visit Zion XYONHealth.com to get support today. That's XYONHealth.com. Hi, this is Chelsea Handler. Welcome to Dear Chelsea. This is a podcast where I am giving out solicited advice.
2: And sometimes unsolicited.
0: And sometimes unsolicited. We all know that I can do that part with no problem whatsoever. Unsolicited advice seems to be my specialty, Um, but I actually do really enjoy giving advice to people. And I am very delighted also to bring to the fore my assistant Brandon, because not only does Brandon lighten up my life, he lightens up everyone who's in my life their life as well. He is able to just, like, bring sunshine. People want to FaceTime with Brandon. My family misses Brandon. Like, everybody loves Brandon, and he needs to be shared with the world. So I That's so nice. Yeah, I know. I know, sweetheart. That's probably the first time you're hearing me say any of that. You must be blushing. I'm honored.
2: I probably am.
0: But you're not. I'm looking at you, and you're actually not blushing, so that's weird. But anyway, we have given not only advice to each other on several occasions. You've helped me when I was going through therapy and constantly, like, I'm still grappling with not being a fucking and cunt it's all the time. Yes, I'm on a cunt loop. You know, there's a period of time where I'm like completely grounded and understanding that I have to be nice, compassionate, and empathetic. And then there's another period of time where I'm so sick of doing that.
2: Right, there's a peak.
0: Yes, there's a peak and a valley. Yeah. Anyway, you've always been very good at helping me when I've been struggling with, you know, how to handle my emotions, my emotional roller coasters, things like that. And also we've given advice together with lots of friends, mm-hmm. you know, A lot of my friends Come to me when they're in crisis, and I, for some reason, am very drawn to being able to fix a crisis. That's my personality type. I've accepted it. I no longer reject it, but I know that I'm good in a crisis. You are. And sometimes when I have overflow with patients, you have taken on some of my friends who need help and support. Yes,
2: you've contracted me in on a few <laughs> yes, of your projects. And
0: you've been doing well. Thank yeah, you. you have an active case in, in Canada right now. So, how's that going? Well, I'm
2: going to have to report back because I've not had a status update in a little while, which is yeah. concerning. So I'm gonna check in today actually this is
0: a good girlfriend of mine who was having trouble with her teenage son And I enlisted Brandon to talk to her because Brandon was also
2: I was a troubled youth
0: Yeah, I was a troubled youth too. I was pregnant twice by the time I was 15 So I was no walk in the park for my fucking parents Which
2: is why I think the perspective that we're able to give on some of these is interesting because we're not actually living Some of these cases whether it be with marriage or kids or certain types of relationships so we can give an objective perspective.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with the fact that because neither of us have children, we can give objective feedback about how your children are behaving and your relationship with them because all we do is see people with children. I've seen so many different kinds of parenting in my life. So I do feel like I have an idea about giving advice on the subject matter, Well which
2: will come in handy. So we're going to do all sorts of different types of Mother's Day write-ins today. Okay. So some that need a perspective on being a mother, some that have issues with their mother, and you're wearing a fuck you necklace on this on uh, this recording yeah. day. Is well, that for any reason in particular? No,
0: that just is how I was feeling this morning when I woke up, but mm. it has no regard to how I feel about Mother's Day, which is I would say my mom is my mom is dead. Your mom is a hot mess.
2: She is. I always say that she, when we frame it that way, I like to say that my mother is a mix between Martha Stewart and Anna Nicole Smith because she's very beautiful (laughs) and she's very domestic, but she's messy.
0: She's messy because she has like a drinking problem?
2: Yeah, she's got, yeah, she's just got problems. She's She's got a variety of them and they don't coincide well together.
0: Right. They mm. don't live well together. My mother no. was really sweet, really nice, really the opposite of me. Not, She was very much not outgoing, very introverted, quiet, but had like a, you know, a kind of sarcastic undertone. And she was never into alcohol or anything like that. She was like a total homebody mama bear, like snuggly. Like you wanted to come home, snuggle her, and then she would give you a Snickers bar.
2: Well, and she passed about a decade ago right don't
0: say passed like that i always find that so well
2: she did yeah she
0: passed away she passed away not passed that's like saying somebody crossed over
2: <laughs> maybe she did <laughs> get well, laurel fucking, and jackson on the phone i fucking we need to hope find she out. did because
0: i talk to my mother every morning in meditation i'm like okay i i summon my mother and i pretend like that she's with me i actually i have to say with meditation and therapy and all that stuff now that my mother is dead i feel closer to her than i did when she was alive
2: but was that immediate or as time has gone on, you no, felt no, like you no.
0: Most recently, like after, you know, learning all the stuff I learned about like energy and that no one's ever really gone. They just transform into something else like mm. a leaf, like a leaf or... A, There's Rita just blowing or around outside. a rattlesnake. Outside. Yeah. Oh. But yeah, so Mother's Day, the topic of Mother's Day was always something that you just did out of respect to mothers, mm-hmm. right? And that's a necessary tradition that should keep going. <laughs>
2: but and there are different types of mothers in our lives is something else that I've come to realize. as you get older some people play a motherly role even though they're not your mother or can give you that sort of insight or perspective or nurturing that you need and so you just have to appreciate all the women in your lives for, oh, the, that's true. for the mothering that they do
0: yeah yeah and there's a lot of people that remind me like of my own mom you know that i'm mm-hmm. drawn to that aren't mothers in my life but they have that same energy you know
2: what was your favorite thing about your mom?
0: My mom was just just a snuggle fest. Like you just wanted to like roll up in a ball and like watch TV with her and she'd like tickle the bottom of your feet. And she was all about food. So that's why I have like, you know, she would make macaroni and cheese, like the mm-hmm. really good cheesy kind, at like three when we would get home from school. Oh, at that point I was the youngest, so I was only the like one. Like a going. Velveeta? Yeah. Well, basically, yes. Yeah, something okay. of that magnitude of cheese. Mm-hmm. And it would be home at three o'clock in the afternoon, like And I assume that was a snack, you know, so I would eat that (laughs) every day. And then, like, I wonder why I have fucking, you know, issues with food is because my mother was feeding me like I was like we just came out of a war. Was that
2: her love language?
0: Yes. Okay. Yeah. Whatever that means, Brandon, I'm assuming that was. Yes. I mean, love language. I can only assume what that means.
2: Well, you know, what's interesting is the way you describe your mother, you describe your dogs, that you want a dog who wants to cuddle you all the time
0: <laughs> and
2: just as a little ball that you can curl up into.
0: It uh, wouldn't be any surprise to me if my mother was Bert. Like, I wouldn't be any surprise. Or no, she'd be Bernice because Bernice gives me the finger all the time. My mom had that kind of wicked sense of humor where she would come back as a dog just to ignore Your me. mom
2: must be spirit hopping because at one point it was Chunk.
0: Spirit hopping. I mean, she's yeah. just
2: like going from dog to dog just as one goes. She's like, Okay, I'm gonna pop on into this one.
0: Yeah, yeah, but that's something my mother would do was co- would come back as a dog and then just be an asshole to me. Once I moved to LA, I was really young. I was like 19 or 20, and I moved to LA. And, and if I didn't call her like every other day or whatever it was, every third day, she would call me until I called her back. And this was before cell phones like were everywhere. You know, you had one, but like I would never answer my cell phone right. from her. So she kept calling my landline. So one morning it started ringing at 4 a.m. I ignored it 5 a.m. And then I answered it and she was like, this is what happens when you don't call your mother and then hung up on me. So she woke me up at like those times. So so that was her sense of humor. That's funny. Like, yeah, just like I'm a little bit of a bitch, but I'm not too much of a bitch.
2: But she was sharp. Everyone in your family seems to have that gene Um, where they're quick.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, that's nice. I mean, I'm glad that they would probably love to hear you say that. Everyone's pretty quick, but everyone's very sarcastic. Mm -hmm. So quick isn't, you know, the word. Everyone's just a little bit like subversive.
2: Do you have a favorite memory of your mom?
0: It would involve food. Probably Martha's Vineyard, being on the beach with her, because she would never come to the beach. My mom, like, never did any of the things that a mother did. She never went to my school conferences. On my, like, ninth birthday, she never came to pick me up from school. She said, I I was like, hey, it's my birthday. I want you to take me to lunch. School literally was down the street. I wrote the letter for her. She signed it. That's how I, like, operated my whole childhood, until I started just forging both of their signatures, because I was like, these two are fucking dead weight. Like, my parents were dead weight. So, I I wrote this. I'm like, please excuse Chelsea. It's her birthday. I'm taking her to lunch. No one shows. My mother never shows. Oh my
3: God. And I walk
0: home. I'm fuming. So I have to go back to class. I have not gotten out to lunch on my birthday. I'm so pissed. You know, I'm nine years old. So it's everything. I walk home. I storm in and I just remember fucking going off on my mother. Like, how? Ah! could you leave me on my birthday? How could you fucking do that? This, do you understand? All I ask of you is to do one thing and that's to pick me up. And she's like, sweetie, I was picking you up. I picked you up and she picked me up, but she never came into the school to sign me out. Right. Like she just s- sat at this parking lot that I come out to at the end of the day, you know, on the day she did decide to pick me up. And she didn't even understand that you had to go in and sign your child out. Like, she didn't understand any of the mechanics. And she just I,
2: couldn't be bothered. No,
0: no, she couldn't. And she was tired all the time. So she must have been depressed now. In retrospect, all, all signs lead—I mean, being married to my father could not have been uplifting.
2: <laughs> you have two sisters. Which of you three has more of your mom
0: My sister, Shoshana, for sure. But that's enough about my mother. Let's talk about your mother Uh, so you can bring people up to speed on the kind of situation you're dealing with. So your mother's been divorced.
2: Yeah, like six times.
0: Okay. (laughs) Why don't you start with that? By the way, mom, if you're listening, nice to meet you. No, I've met her before over the phone, I think. Have you? Oh, I don't know.
2: Mm, Anyway. Yeah, so she's just in that regard. Yeah, she's been married six times. And the one thing, I try and keep a positive outlook on most aspects of my mother's life. And in that regard, I say that, you know, she never stopped looking for love. And I think that most people become jaded by that if they don't find it the first, second, right, or third right, time. But right. no, 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 not her.
0: She's not going to stop She'll until pivot. she finds it. Yeah. That's that's an optimistic way of looking at yeah. it.
2: So yeah, she's just a woman with some issues.
0: How was she growing up? How, what kind of mother was she when you were growing up?
2: Again, it was super high or super low. She was like you know, from an outside perspective, she had it all together and she's so pretty and she could do, she was like Barbie as well. So she's done everything. She was,
0: yeah, you what, showed me a picture of her. She's yeah, yeah, really beautiful. she was
2: the woman at Lancome who went around the US and like, this is when department store makeup artists were it, like if you were one of those, you had your face on posters that you were coming in. She was a projects manager for a chemical engineering company. She owned her own bakery, like she's done everything. So I always thought of her as like a real life Barbie. There was nothing she couldn't do. And she was a single mom with four kids and, you know, that caused issues of its own. But she always worked like three jobs to take care of us. So, oh, God. so I have a tender spot for any woman who yep. I see going through something is I know that all of those people are just one bad decision away from being homeless, basically. So I try and be as empathetic as possible, even to my you know mother, who I have no contact with because she's just...
0: Well, I, that's not true. You didn't you don't have no contact with her. You did call the police on her yes, in her I local did. city to let them know that she was drinking and driving and gave them her license plate number. So I would say there that's a not direct contact, but that's that's an indirect contact. And I, I I like your style. I think that's fucking awesome. Listen,
2: we have to sometimes we end up parenting our parents and that's okay.
0: Yeah. We right. have to
2: hold people accountable.
0: Right. I, I think that's true. I think a lot of people parent their parents. I didn't really do that. I don't think, I mean, I'm the youngest of six kids, so I didn't have to parent my parents, but I definitely see you parenting your mom. And... I mean, just because it's not me, I find it hilarious. Like, I find it hilarious that your mother has to be like, that you freeze her out and that you don't talk to her when she misbehaves and that you're not willing to fuck around. I think it's really funny. No,
2: I don't fuck around. I can't. I mean, at at this juncture, I'm 32 years old. Like, I'm not going to put up with that sort of behavior. And th- this is one of those situations in life that as you get older, if you do, and I'm assuming a lot of people who are going to listen to this have that dynamic with their parents, those are relationships you want. Those are not relationships you need. So once you make that distinction, things become much easier.
0: Yeah. I mean, you say that a lot. You say those are relationships you want versus relationships you need, like a parent-child relationship. But a lot of people think that you need that. They don't understand that you can divorce your parent or your son and they don't have an ability to do it.
2: Well, everyone has the ability to do it because I've done it. I was so codependent for so long. I mean, we were in cahoots. But then once you just make that decision, like, what is this relationship adding to my life? If it's positive, great. And if it's not, then you have to make an adjustment. And when you do, you feel so much more powerful in that relationship.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, That, that you're
2: not beholden, you know? Yeah. Uh, I think we should take a quick break and then we'll come back and do you want to start taking some callers?
0: Yes, I would love to. An official selection of Deadline calls the film a touching testament to the power of love. Indie Wire says it's funny and moving. And according to Next Best Picture, Ezra approaches autism with heart and authenticity. Only in theaters nationwide May 31st. Order your books now. And with 25% off, you can send some to mom, wife, aunt, and even grandma. So go to books.com and use promo code CHELSEA, C-H-E-L-S-E-A, for 25% off. That's B-O-U-Q-S scom promo code CHELSEA. We all know how important it is to get a good night's sleep. I know that if I don't sleep for eight hours a night, I am not as sharp. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses, plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash chelsea for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. L-E-E-S-A dot com forward slash chelsea.
1: The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no
0: one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write.
2: Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, deputy opinion editor.
1: And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu.
3: Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen.
2: So our first submission comes from Billy, who is from Minneapolis. I like the way
0: you you get you get very excited when you talk about submissions. I like that. You take it seriously. Well, you
2: better hang on because we've got quite a few today. uh,
0: Okay. Okay. Well, I think you better hang on. I better.
2: Okay. So his name is Billy. He's 33 and he's from Minneapolis. And he writes, Dear Chelsea, I was raised an only and adopted child by my parents who were not able to conceive. My whole life has been based on my ability to be the perfect offspring. At 33 years old, I still carry some of that baggage and feel like a failure. Being adopted is a blessing and a curse. You feel wanted, but you need to deliver. My parents wanted me to be an evangelical symbol of heterosexuality, but I ended up being a godless homo. Even when you're wanted, you still seek more. I met my birth mother when I was 18. I soon found out that she married my birth father and had three more children after putting me up for adoption. How do you move forward from an event like that and successfully seek and identify your core beliefs? Seeking identity has been an ongoing issue for many years, and I'm hoping you can provide some insight on how you have built yours. In the past few years, there have been multiple deaths within the family, including my adoptive father. Now it's just me and my adoptive mother. I want to move forward with my life in a different part of the country, but I know it will kill her. She's the only family I have left, and I need to develop myself somewhere else. Any thoughts would be appreciated. Billy.
0: Oh, my God. That is just so many things. Well, there's a
2: lot going on there, but he's on the phone, so I think that we should
0: oh, oh get, great, get great. a little yeah, additional yeah, yeah. insight Let's get from on him. the phone with him. Billy?
1: Hi, how are you?
0: Hi, thank you for your letter. I mean, that is a lot to handle.
1: (laughs) Yes, yes, it is. But that's life, right?
0: (laughs) Well, yeah, because there's a lot to say here. Like, you know, instinctively, I would always tell everybody to just like reach for their dreams and, and go for it and take a huge risk in life, which would be moving away. But then you say your adoptive mother is a widow and she's there alone and you're all she has. So there's a sense of responsibility along with that. And is there any chance of your adoptive mother, we're going to get to all of this stuff that's in the letter, but is there any chance that your adoptive mother would be willing to relocate with you? Not like live together, but relocate together so that you're not separating.
1: I don't think so, because her roots are pretty deep in that area just because that's where she lived with my dad for so long. But I think overall, just because she and I have had a very tight-knit relationship for a long time, and I think honestly moving away would be the best for both of us huh. You know, so. okay
0: well then that seems like you already have the answer to that question if you know yeah. that intellectually then all you have to do is just kind of bite the bullet and it seems like you know you don't have to go where where does she live
1: uh she lives about an hour and 20 minutes away from where i live in minneapolis
0: okay so you're thinking about leaving minneapolis and going somewhere even farther
1: yep all the way out to maine
0: maine uh-huh Okay. Well, I think you deserve to do whatever you want to do with your life. You know, if you really want to take a leap of faith and try something new, I really, in my heart of hearts, don't think you'll ever regret making a move like that. You know, it might test your relationship or it might make you closer with your mother because you haven't been apart. And so there's a lot of codependency there. Mm -hmm. So, and then... Let's get back to this adoptive stuff about you and your adoptive parents and them having three more children together. That must feel like it's very, very personal.
1: (laughs) Yes. Um, My birth mother got pregnant when she was 19. She was broken up with my birth father at the time, did not tell him that she was pregnant. And ended up having me, giving me up for adoption and not telling him for 18 years.
0: Okay. Well, then there you go with the explanation for that reasoning.
1: You know what (laughs) I mean?
0: So Mm -hmm. are you able to excise yourself from the idea that you were rejected? Because are you past that? Or is that something you're struggling with?
1: It comes and goes. I mean, I met them when I was 18. So it's been a few years. And so there's been a lot of processing through it. Some days are good. Some days are bad. But I mean, it's one of those things that you go back to and you think over a little bit too hard. But then at the end of the day, it's like, I would not have the life that I have right now if it wasn't for that action that she did. Yeah. And so there's just yes. the, the acceptance piece. Yeah, yeah.
0: absolutely. And I, what, what, go and, ahead, Brandon. And
2: do you still have communication with your biological parents now?
1: Uh, not for maybe a couple years now. My birth mother has a very severe mental illness challenge and it's just, well, there you her. go.
0: You dodged another bullet by not being raised right. by her. So there you go.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: But I would urge you to really understand the value that you have just by being here. Like, you're not here by accident. People go back to negative narratives like, oh, God, well, why did my parents do that? Why why didn't she tell him for 18 years? Maybe my life would have been different. Like, your life isn't different. And the only way to capitalize on what you're going through right now is to be grateful and to accept it and to do what's in your best interest for you to thrive as a person and not to be depending on any of these people in your life.
1: Right. Right. Completely agree. Well, and you know, between going to school and I, I'm an alcohol and drug counselor as well. Oh, I thought you were going to say I'm like, an
0: alcoholic. I'm like, no shit. I would be too.
1: <laughs> no, not for the moment. Um, yeah. but I, every day I talk to clients about what it's like to, or asking them to search for their own identity as well. And I was actually just looking at my own life and being like, you know what? I haven't been really walking this walk either. And so, you know, Identity is based on our experiences and lessons learned through adverse experiences, right? And so that's why um, I just wanted to pick your brain on it because... It's something you can't ignore forever.
0: Yeah. And your identity isn't based on your birth mother or your adoptive mother or your adoptive father. Your identity is based on how you handle your life situation, on what you do with your life. Moving far, like taking a leap of faith and moving to Maine and taking that risk is going to reap probably a lot of happiness in your life, I would surmise. Brandon, what what do you have to say on the matter? I
2: agree. I think that I'm also a gay man and have a very complicated relationship with my mother and I think that the amount of insight you'll receive from removing yourself from that daily habit with her and starting a life for yourself somewhere that then you're kind of forced to communicate in a different way and leverage your time together when you have it versus it just being such a consistent part of your life that if you never make that choice you could end up being resentful for
1: Exactly. Exactly. And it's kind of a mental and emotional move at the same time because, you know, where I'm from originally, you know, growing up in a really small town as a gay person where it really wasn't allowed when I was young, anyway, there's this whole, there's just been a lot of levels to the identity piece that have been just kind of haunting and just that overshadowing of everything that I've been doing for the past umpteen years. And I think that this move just kind of represents moving forward on like 10 different levels.
0: And so. Yeah, I would agree. Back to something that you guys just mentioned. Do you think that being a gay man d- complicates your relationship with your mother or you're just a saying that you're a gay man who also has a complicated relationship with your mom?
2: You know, this is an interesting well. question because yeah, I would say both to some degree. I think that most, from my perspective, most gay men have complicated relationships with their mother. It's either an over- an, like an overly codependent relationship or it's competitive to a certain degree. And...
0: What are you competing a- about, like, uh, for?
2: I don't know what the competition is. Male per se, attention? But it's just that there's, like, a dynamic that you feel like it's one-upping. Like, someone always has to be better than the other. With and, your mother. And to some degree. Yeah, oh, I've seen that with a lot of my friends, that if it's not super codependent, like five phone calls a day then there's like a, an underlying jealousy to some degree. And I don't know where that stems from. I don't know if it's...
0: I think competitive, though, might be the wrong word. There's something... It's gamesmanship, right? Yeah. It's games... What, what about you, Billy? Is that is that true for you?
1: I think there's an extra responsibility, and this is just my opinion, but I think there's an extra responsibility for gay men to take care of their mothers. And I don't know if... There's some of that dynamic between the father, if there is a father figure, where that gets in the way of what the relationship with the mother's supposed to be like. But with my personal experience, you know, it was my mom and me, and then it was my dad. And so we, we had a relationship that kind of represented a, a partnership. And then he got kind of pushed to the side because of his own shortcomings, for lack of a better term.
0: Right, right. It's like being in a threesome and you're the one at the end of the bed.
2: Yeah. And can I just say, this is another part about your identity and trying to become a fully realized adult, basically, outside of this one thing in life, your adoption, that for a lot of people really determines the trajectory of what they're going to do. You see it so much with adopted kids that can't get themselves out of that one aspect of who they are. And my mom is adopted. And the thing that I wish for her, that again, this is like we spoke about at the beginning of this episode, like she has a lot of issues, but being able to leverage the different perspective that being adopted gives you, so many people find it, you know, it's so negative. There are so many harmful repercussions that they see if it's not handled in a certain way. But you now have tools and you now have a perspective that a lot of people don't, having met your biological parents, knowing your adoptive parents and what sort of life they've provided you. So it's important, like Chelsea said, change the narrative of it being a negative thing to being a positive, like look at what I've gotten to experience. Yeah, you have
0: a bonus, as they say in Sweden, Sweden, you have a bonus family. Like Mm -hmm. you have all these bonus people in your life that you didn't get to, you know, you have to look at these things in life like we have to take the negative experiences and turn them into positives. That's our responsibility because that's really the only control you have. And you Mm -hmm. have all these things sound positive. Look at you. You're normal. You're sane. you're, You're smart. You're good looking. You're about to move to Maine. And, you know, like all this great stuff is happening. So, yeah, I'm not worried about you for a second. You're getting into like being a fully realized man.
1: Well, thank you very much for that. It just sometimes feels like even as Someone in their early 30s. I feel like some days I'm 12, some days I might be five years old, and it just gets like, I think that's just being the human condition in general. Each day we wake up, kind of either able to handle X, Y, and Z, or just kind of want to hide. And so,
0: yeah, yeah. Just remember, yeah. you're not the only, but you're not the only person thinking what you're thinking. You know, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Well, thank you
2: so much, Billy. Please keep us posted. Let us know if you make the move. Mm-hmm. We'd yeah. like to keep track That's of
0: the okay. story and make sure you say, reach out to both of your mothers on Mother's Day. No, <laughs> for
2: just
1: sure, one. just as a nice just
0: <laughs> just as a nice gesture. Yeah, for sure one, and maybe reach out to a mother that you don't know, a stranger.
1: Yep. Absolutely.
0: Okay. Right. Thanks. Thank you, Billy. Bye. I like Billy. Billy had, had it too. Billy. Oh, that was really sincere and like oh. I feel like Dr. Phil right now, and like I, I feel like Dr. Phil with his wife. You know how his wife goes to work with him. Mm-hmm. That's like us, sweetheart. Oh, it is. It's like I go to work, and then you come with me.
2: Did you have someone uh, that you loved in daytime? I loved Sally Jesse Raphael.
0: You mean Sally Jessica Raphael? Oh, yes. No, that's not right. I just made that up. Oh, okay. Sweetheart, you can't agree with everything I say. I mean well, that that doesn't that doesn't lend credibility to I'm, you. I'm
2: wrong so much in those ways that when you do correct me, typically you are right. Mm. So now I default to trusting you if you say something like that that I was wrong.
0: Right. Oh, I'm hosting Ellen the Ellen Show. Speaking of daytime, yeah. Do you know when? I think the dates are June 30th and July 1st. They are correct. Yes. Mm. So you can look out for that. Okay. What else do we have today?
2: Okay, our next submission comes from a woman named Carly. She's 35. We don't know where she is, but she's having some issues with her mother. So let's see what you think about this. She says, Hi, Chelsea. Coming to you is the final resort. I've attempted to make peace via mental health professionals who I'm supposed to trust, but it hasn't gotten me very far. I saw your post and thought to myself, why not? I have nothing left to lose. My mother is a complete narcissist who emotionally and sometimes physically abused everyone in my family. My dad is dead now, and since he's died, the gloves have really come off.
0: Oh, God. The family
2: has fallen apart, and we're all estranged. I couldn't see any end to my mother's emotional abuse. I created a boundary and said, unless my mom goes to counseling to build a healthy relationship in a safe space, we will not have a relationship. She said she won't be bullied into going to counseling. I'm wondering if I should let it all go, accept who she is, knowing that she'll probably hurt me again, or if I should continue to hold my boundary. I also have a daughter now who I need to protect after seeing my mom's abuse of my niece. She's 70 and won't be around much longer. I really miss her and need my mom, but also she's such a huge cunt. (laughs) If I decide to keep her out of my life, how do I prevent the issue from eating me up and turning me into a bitter cunt too? Society really doesn't like to talk about the fact that there are moms who don't love their kids. Oh. Although I'm almost 35, I feel doomed to live a life in a perpetual infantilized state because I can't grow past the trauma of my mom not wanting me.
0: Oh my God, mothers are mothers like that are cunts. They are. Brandon, well, this is a field. This is your wheeled, wheel wheel wheelhouse. This is your field house. No, yes. this is your wheelhouse. These
2: submissions make me realize, like, everyone has an issue.
0: Well, that's not only that, though, but it's just like, you know, mothers who act like that and who are not supportive to their children are baffling. Why would you go through that to bring a child into this world to not be able to put your best to it? You know, like, do it well.
2: Did you always know you did not want to be a mom? I
0: knew because I wouldn't be a good mother because I'm a selfish cunt. That's why.
2: Well, see. And once you realize that it makes everything else and, easier to And So doesn't yeah, it?
0: but it's like, come come on. You know, these poor kids have to grow up thinking that their mother doesn't love them or their mother rejected them. I mean, how many people in this world have to experience that? It's so it's so sad to well, think of. Let's talk to Carly about it. Well, I think she's on the phone. Oh, well, that was a long letter. She's gonna follow it up. Hi. Hi, Carly. Hello. Hi. Oh, my God. I felt so bad reading it. Well, Brandon just read me your submission, your letter, and it's just such a bummer that your mother is like that. Yeah. I mean, so what's the status now? What's your situation? First of all, Brandon has a lot of expertise in this area because his mom is a hot mess. So he's probably going to take the lead on this. You're not
2: alone. And first of all, you look so
0: beautiful. Yeah, you do look... thanks.
3: I tried really hard.
0: Oh, well, you look really adorable.
3: Oh thanks. Yeah, I actually joined a couple groups on Facebook that are like Daughters of Narcissistic Moms and like you scroll through the stories and every single one is exactly the same. And that kind of made me feel better cuz I felt really isolated in my experience cuz I know so many people with great relationships with their moms, but um the status now, actually after I wrote you that thing, I don't know why, just for the next like 3 days I was really contemplating whether I should or not and then I just said fuck it, I did it one morning and she was surprised at first. I couldn't even say hi without crying. I just felt like such a little bitch. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I just said, can we just like move forward and be nice to each other? I'm like, fuck the past. Who cares? I don't care. Because she's she hung up on the past, like can't let it go. And she was like, I don't know. I'm pretty happy now. And I don't really want you to ruin that. So like she, my, da- my dad passed away in 2013. And she's uh, with a new man now, so
2: and so i'm assuming that was a no go on the counseling.
3: Oh no, she she's like fully against it, which is hilarious because she used to tell me when i was younger that only truly crazy people won't go to counseling. <laughs> Most people who are in counseling are in it for people who won't go.
2: <laughs> well, i mean that's a very i'm dealing with a very similar situation. So again, i feel your pain and i know the struggle and people who feel like they know more than everyone else will never go to counseling because they don't they don't want to do the work that it takes to really correct these issues so it's a battle you can't win but I do think that there's power in accepting that and accepting what type of relationship you're willing to have with your mom like for me right now it's no relationship and so you just have to make the best decision that you know you're operating in a way that you can look back on it in 10 15 20 years whenever She's gone and know like I operated in my best interests in this way.
3: Yeah, I feel like anything in my life, I even with boyfriends and stuff, as long as I know I really gave it my all. I'm okay to move forward. It's just always going to hurt. I don't know. It's also just impossible to deal with narcissists. Like I have a
0: friend who's going through a divorce and I have another friend who's just getting out of a, you know, her divorce is finalized, but same thing. And it's like, you know, they're reading books about dealing with narcissists and, you know, about how difficult it is and what kind of number they pull on you, Mm -hmm. what they do to you mentally, because they, they literally have a way of eating away at your self consciousness confidence, at your self-security, your ability to make a decision. You know, you become indecisive because you're not sure that your decision has value. So it's not talked about as much as, you know, it, it probably will be in the next decade or two, because people seem to be really talking about mental health now. But like dealing with a narcissist is, it has a very deleterious impact on all of us. You have to take that into consideration. It's like it's almost like you're injured and you can't identify the injury. So you're acting in the weakness of the injury, yet you know, you're only really choosing to be injured.
3: Yeah. Every single person in that group I'm in says they'd rather they would have rather gotten hit so they could see like, hey, this person did this to me Mm -hmm. and people would give them compassion. But my mom is amazing at everyone my whole life your mom is so amazing she's so nice she's so this she's so that and it's just like I don't know I was gonna bring up uh Ad Astra I don't know if you've seen it probably but um the movie yeah (laughs) how Brad Pitt that movie was really therapeutic for me when Brad Pitt like literally went across the fucking solar system to connect with his father (laughs) and he gets there and the dad's like nah I'm good (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, his dad was still an asshole. He's like, fuck you, and asshole. And then he
3: just floats off in this
0: space. It's like That's why I admire Brandon like the way you handle your mom so much because I'm always fascinated by people who insist on a relationship with their parents when they when they've been molested or god forbid, yeah. something or beaten, you know, like something terrible and they still desire the relationship between the father and the mother. And it's like I know a girl who is trying to cultivate a relationship with a man who molested her, who is her father. And I cannot understand that
2: it's a conditioning and Carly I don't know if you'll agree with this but there's a certain level of gaslighting that goes on with parents and their kids that you are made to believe that this behavior is appropriate or it's a result of your behavior that they are not in control of what they do it's because they're reacting to what you're doing it's all such a mind fuck
3: the thing I'm pissed about is that like now that I'm 35 I don't know it's taken me till now to have just a faint idea of what a healthy relationship is. Like, I look back at my boyfriends and it's like, I thought the way they were treating me was normal. Meanwhile, they were stealing from me. They were emotionally abusing me, gaslighting, all this shit. And it's like, yeah, I just, I don't know. Do you have a, what's uh, your story now? You have a daughter, you said? Yeah, she just woke up. Do you want to see her? Sure. I'm alone, I'm alone with her. So I, I kind of multitasking. Okay. Do
0: you mind waiting two seconds? No, no. Sure. Go ahead and grab her. But don't expect me to get too excited around a baby. I mean, I can, you know, they're cute for a second. Oh, she's sweet. She's Isn't real she? cute,
2: yes. But she's very timid. Like, timid. you can tell that yeah. there's a lot yeah. of mm-hmm. baggage here, mm-hmm. which is unfortunate, but seemingly it's one of those things that not a lot of people talk about either Aww. the dynamic with their parents
0: oh that's okay sweet. that's a that's a that's a, baby. Little that's a cutie oh and she woke up smiling uh this is like <laughs> an ad for pregnancy or penetration or something
3: <laughs> yeah i didn't think i could get pregnant and then i did and uh i'm really happy it happened. i was like one of those like my whole 20s right up until my early 30s not having kids never having kids and then it just yeah
0: who's the father of the baby
3: his name's Anthony
0: are you guys together or
3: um we're not exactly together no and that's the thing is like that's what i'm kind of what brought it up is because, like, I hate that I don't know how to stay in a relationship. Like, I just had such a bad example set for me, so.
0: Well, I think once you got your mother out of your life, which I think I'm, we're going to recommend doing, I think you're going to start to value yourself a little bit more without that drum beat of negativity. And yeah. you should, and A, you need to break the cycle for your daughter. It's
3: fucking hard work. I've been in counseling since I was 15. And, like, yeah, a lot of people now are, like, your daughter's going to reap all the benefits. And I can, I can definitely feel that, but it is hard being the one that has to break it.
0: I, yeah, I understand. But you know, as a mother, that is your responsibility to break the cycle.
3: I thought having a daughter would help me understand my mom more. Like just going through that and shit. And like, I definitely understand way less. Like I think about saying or doing some of the shit that she said and did to us. And it just seems so ridiculous. Yeah, so absolutely. absurd. sure.
2: But I think that's part of it is that you have to be able to remove yourself from that and the decisions that she made, because those aren't all inherited traits like you're never going to be able to rationalize some of her behavior because it's tied to a mental health issue, something that she had going on that you're never going to be able to understand. But you're doing yeah. the hardest part, which is the self assessment now of what you don't want to create the dynamic with your daughter, the mm-hmm. behavioral patterns that you want to break And the fact that you've been able to identify those things, like, that's the hardest part. Knowing that you want to make a change is what's going to set you forward.
3: Yeah, it's just like uh, I was explaining it to my friend and it's like having a beast in a cage inside of you at all times. Like, I feel that shitty generational Mm -hmm. animosity or hostility or whatever it is, this pent up shit. But it sounds like you're on top of your
0: game. It sounds like you're you're cranking all of this stuff back and you are kind of like unlearning that behavior,
3: you know, right? It's hard to it's hard. It's really hard to know whether or not to have her in my life.
0: I don't think you should. We're both telling you, no, let me just say this. My girlfriend from high school just extricated her parents from her life. She wrote them a letter. They were assholes for years and years and years. Lots of drama in that family. And she's never felt better. Uh, just yeah. as an aside.
2: In the same reference. The same situation with me is that I cut off all communication and I did it multiple times in my life. The longest time was two and a half years. I'm at like nine months right now. When you have that space from that person who, first of all, they're giving that little beast that you talk about power. So you remove them from that and you have so much more awareness of what's really going on in your life and what power they've had on you, or that you've allowed them to influence in your life. And as soon as you get some time apart, it just puts things into perspective. And you realize what you're not going to allow anymore in your dynamic. Also, a narcissist needs the interaction. So that's why like, I don't tell my sisters what to do. I have three sisters. I let them all make their own decisions. I don't agree with them. I
3: have three brothers.
0: (laughs) Oh, what's up with your brothers? Are they talking to your mom? Um, one's
3: in Australia, the other one, no. Uh, she, like, took him to court when he was younger. That's uh, nice. She, yeah, she's brutal. And then um, my other ones in Florida, that's my dad's son, though. Oh. My sister and I are biological full siblings. So. And does your sister talk to your mom? Nope. Oh.
0: Well, then, hello. Yeah, stop talking to your mom. You need to listen to us and stop talking to your mother.
3: Okay. I mean, either
0: <laughs> do that for, like, at least commit to a certain amount of time yeah. and report back to us. Seriously, I want you to commit to not talking to your mom and report back. Okay. Okay. Okay, Carly? Do we have a pinky swear? Brandon, give us a pinky swear. Brandon and I are pinky swearing on your behalf.
2: There you go. Oh,
0: that's cute. (laughs) Keeping families together. That's what we're calling our podcast. Well, not your mom, but anyway. (laughs) Thank you,
2: Carly. Please keep us posted.
0: Okay, see ya. Poor Carly. What the fuck is wrong with everybody, Brandon? I
2: don't know. But you know what? She... I
0: just can't believe mothers... You know, I guess it's uh, that comes from my own narrow-viewed life experience, because my mom was such a mom, like, in you know, sweet in that sense.
2: Well, and anyone who's listening to this, I guess that I would hope that that would be a perspective they take, is that not all these relationships... Maybe this is not a feel-good episode, but everyone has issues in their life. Everyone has a different relationship with their mother. Nothing is appropriate or not appropriate or like the expectations that we set on these relationships
0: well, that they're all different they are different but it's just such a bummer to hear about jealous moms or narcissistic moms it's like how can you do that if you're having a child i guess it's very probably prevalent you know it's a bunch of narcissists having babies
2: but this is also interesting that two of the submissions so far have been people who may or may not should not have had kids
0: Well, you can't say should not. Well, I I think
2: there's some people who, well, society conditions women to believe that they should be. I have a
0: friend who has kids who shouldn't.
2: And you need to know that up front. Like, this is probably not for me. But then there's some people who believe like they are meant to do this and offer that sort of motherly dynamic in the world. And there is a woman who I read about a couple of years ago. Her name is Sarah Cunningham. And she started doing this thing at pride parades where she had a sign that said free mom hugs because people were going and their parents weren't in support of them. So she would go oh, and that's nice. so she would offer that maternal yeah. hug to these people who didn't have a parent oh, there to yeah. support them. And so yeah. she's turned it into an organization called Free Mom Hugs. And one of the quotes says, if you need a mom to attend your same sex wedding because your biological mom won't call me, I'll be your biggest fan. So it's sweet. So so there are some of these women out there who are probably killing it at the mom game. I'd yeah,
0: th- Yeah, right. If they're doing that, that's really sweet.
2: Uh, I think we should take a quick break.
0: Okay, sweetheart. This podcast is brought to you by the new film Ezra from Bleecker Street, directed by Tony Goldwyn and with an incredible ensemble cast that includes Robert De Niro, Bobby Cannavale, Whoopi Goldberg, Rose Byrne, Rain Wilson, and Vera Farmiga. An official selection of Deadline calls the film a touching testament to the power of love. IndieWire says it's funny and moving, and according to Next Best Picture, Ezra approaches autism with heart and authenticity. Only in theaters nationwide May 31st. Order your books now. And with 25% off, you can send some to mom, wife, aunt, and even grandma. So go to books.com and use promo code Chelsea, C H E L S E A, for 25% off. That's B O U Q S.com, promo code Chelsea. We all know how important it is to get a good night's sleep. I know that if I don't sleep for eight hours a night, I am not as sharp. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash Chelsea for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. L-E-E-S-A dot com forward slash Chelsea. There's a lot
3: happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time.
0: I'm just astounded that people, mothers, are so stupid that they wouldn't go to their gay son's wedding. I mean, honestly, like, what are you raised on? Just, like, Jesus Christ and oatmeal? I mean, (laughs) get a fucking clue, lady. Like, gay people are not going anywhere.
2: I know, but it's uh, some people just—I mean, okay, me, for instance, I have a very diverse background.
0: Really? Are you Cuban? uh, What's the diversity? With my
2: upbringing. Okay. And— My mom still took issue when I came out. You know, we didn't talk for six months, and she had, you know, she's. Would you classify
0: your mom as a? Is your mom going to listen to this podcast because you're not going to be talking afterward? This is all
2: stuff I've said to her, by the way. So nothing's Well, now I'm saying it to her, which
0: might be double the trouble. Would you classify your mother as a narcissist? Yes. Oh, okay. And
2: she is a master manipulator.
0: Okay. Yeah.
2: When I called the police and asked her to be arrested because she was drunk driving, I then wrote a letter <laughs> to the state's attorney asking him to provide it to the judge. And I requested the harshest possible punishment for her.
0: For her to be in a gulag?
2: L- literally. Anything that they could do that would force her to reflect on, like, is this really where I want to be right now? And uh, they read that letter to her. And I basically stated all of this stuff. So uh, from
0: your son, Brandon, they read it to her. Yeah. At, in front of people,
2: By whoever was in the courtroom. And do I would you know assume. what her
0: reaction to that letter was? I couldn't
2: tell you, but I know. Can you she read was us not the happy. letter? Yeah, I mean, if you want me to find it. Yeah, read it to okay, us. Okay, hold on.
0: This is exciting. I like confronting people, especially in this way. Too bad the police suck so bad, because I would say. Well, well, you were in the court actually, so there were probably very few police officers there. But oh god, let's not go down that road.
2: Okay, so this is the. Uh, you really want me to yes, read this? Yes, I want you to. to okay. that
0: this is the letter that you wrote your state attorney general, your mother's state attorney general.
2: The state attorney who would be prosecuting her case in the county in which she lives. Okay, this Scratch is the letter general. I wrote. <laughs> DUI 1218, 2020 was the subject. Hello, I hope this email finds you healthy and happy during the holiday season. I'm reaching out in regards to a recent incident involving my mother. <laughs> My mother has, unfortunately, had multiple interactions with the law in recent months due to her substance abuse issues and unresolved mental health matters. Most recently, she was arrested while driving under the influence of alcohol and held for a psychiatric review. I'm emailing in hopes that, with your help, my mother will receive the harshest possible punishment for her crime. This is a plea I make not out of anger or vengeance, but out of concern for her well-being and safety of those around her. My mother is unwell and unstable, and when drinking a hazard, as she habitually drinks and drives, wrecking multiple vehicles after hitting inanimate objects.
0: Oh my god!
2: My mother is a beautiful and articulate woman. She is also highly deceptive and manipulative, and until now, evaded the law and any punishment. I would like that to change. As a former South Dakotan, I'm aware of how lenient the law can be for DUI charges. My former stepfather has had many with almost no repercussions. My mother has long operated as a functioning alcoholic, but at this juncture is failing to function as a civilized member of society and needs help getting back on track. I'm asking for your help in getting this woman's life back in order. My mother was a single woman raising four kids and worked countless jobs simultaneously for many years. Her potential success is limitless, but she needs forced course correction. This is not a person or a case to disregard this is a case that could create positive change should it be handled the right way nearly six months sober before her most recent incident she had been part of multiple aa meetings weekly these meetings held her accountable and should be mandatory after any intoxication arrest in my humble opinion i've copied my sister here one of her daughters to corroborate details and assist in any way
0: that's good so see that it's is it's really with intention good.
2: of like positivity. Yeah,
0: right, right, right. I, and did you ever get a response from that?
2: No. I, apparently, what I was told when I called is that he couldn't legally respond.
0: Oh, okay. Because like, way to he go, was working the case. Yeah, he probably wanted to be like, uh huh.
2: But from my understanding, like this does not happen a lot. And I think that with any of these things, like you know, how many people we talked to today with mommy issues, and so many times people think it's daddy issues, but well, there's a lot of fucked up shit going on well, with moms. Well,
0: I would also like to say, yeah, there's some daddy issues too. But as a stepfather, as a recent stepfather because when I was living in Whistler, I became a stepfather, de facto stepfather. My friend Kelly had those two girls, mm-hmm. and they called me dad, and they would come over and spend the weekends at my you really house. really thrived as a stepfather. And I loved being a stepdad. Like, I love taking them to dinner, taking them shopping, playing games with them. They'd snuggle in my bed. You know, we'd watch movies. Like, we we just had, like, a total vibe going, and I'd feel like, oh, I've never wanted to be a mom, mm-hmm. but I could kill it as a divorcee dad. Well, see, You know, that's... come in, you just spread the sunshine, spread the love and then leave on Monday morning, but skedaddle before things get too dicey.
2: See, that to me is more, you'd be the perfect ex-husband because the stepdad has to do all like
0: no, 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 the no. daily Ex, bullshit. Yes. I'm sorry. It's not stepdads, ex-husband. Yeah. Where you just a, who, who has a younger wife and wants to start yeah. a family with her. So I can only come once in a while.
2: <laughs> You're good for Friday through Sunday, meals nah, and toys. Yeah, and that's Friday
0: it. through Sunday. Yeah. Friday, Friday night through Sunday. Yep. Yep. That's good. Because as soon as they would leave on Sunday or Monday, like I needed a day to myself to recover. So when I just think about people raising children and having to deal during this pandemic and mothers, I just can't even I can't relate because I can't even imagine. Mm hmm. In closing today's episode, Brandon, I would like to say that there seems to be a biological thread. It's almost like a biological mandate, if you will. People are tied to their biological parents and biological children.
2: It's seemingly very hard for people to break the idea that they may not have long-term relationships with their parents. But to your point, so many kids need homes, and there are so many other more healthy relationships out there than... Your parents. If that's not a healthy relationship, find another relationship that is. Like These are not things that you
0: need. Yeah, but it also feels like a structure of society, right, Yeah, that has been imposed upon people to the point of believing that you have to have this almost fealty towards not necessarily brothers and sisters. It's not as strong between brothers and sisters as mm-hmm. it is between parents and children. That seems to be I very, and while you can, you can understand it, it also, it is limiting to people if you get, you know, a dud Mm -hmm. for a mom or a dad or, you know, my dad was, he could be a bit of a dud, but all in all, you know, it was, it was a cute relationship and it it provided me with a lot of comedy, but I,
2: yeah
0: may God rest his soul or whatever that saying is God be with him anyway so that's an interesting takeaway from today's episode is the biological necessity people are obsessed with biology whereas you know Mm -hmm. gay people can tell you this any day of the week you make your own family Yeah. so don't be so tied down to the people in your family that suck just take a fucking break that's
2: what I'm doing right now more people should
0: yeah I, I encourage it especially if it's a break it's not permanent so who gives a shit Okay, I think we're in conclusion of part one of the episode. Uh, Brandon, what do you think?
2: Well, there's, yeah, there's still more that we need to address. So we're going to have to do a part two.
0: Okay, we're going to do a part two. So tune in for part two, please. We'll see you on the other side. Hi, Chelsea here. I think we all know that hair loss has the power to kind of shatter your confidence. Not kind of, it really shatters your confidence. And that's where Zion Health comes in. Founded by top doctors in hair restoration, Zion offers both medicated and non-medicated treatments for men and women with thinning hair. Guys, unless you do something or talk to someone, your hair loss will only get worse. I'm not kidding, unfortunately. So get your confidence back on track and visit Zion XYONHealth.com to get support today. That's XYONHealth.com.